please be seated if you're visiting with us this morning. You're truly welcome. And we thank God for your life. We pray that God will minister to you this morning. Today I want to speak on a message titled, The Power of Grace. There's been a lot of messages on grace lately. There's a lot of messages out there on, on grace. The grace of God. Very powerful. The grace of God. Now let me say this. On your own, without the grace of God, there is no room in God's presence for you. You are totally not welcome. Without the grace of God, you are not welcome in His presence. You cannot be in His presence without God's grace. You go in at your peril without the grace of God. It takes only the grace of God for you to be in His presence. It's not because of what you've done wrong. That's not the only reason why you can be in His presence. The essence of you is not welcome. Without the grace of God. Only the grace of God can bring you into His presence. I want to talk to you a little bit about a scripture right there in in Genesis. About Isaac. Isaac had two sons. And Isaac realized it was now time for him to depart. It was getting close for him to die. And so he wanted to bless his only son. This He had two, but he loved one. He loved Esau. But Rebecca, she loved Jacob. And he wanted to bless Esau. So he called Esau and said, Now, you know what I like. I want you to do this for me and come into my presence. And I'm going to bless you with the blessings of Abraham. I'm going to transfer the blessing of God that came upon my father. I want to transfer it over to you. And I'm going to be gone. And Rebecca heard it. And Rebecca decided, I'm going to change that. I'm going to bring uh, Jacob into his presence for a blessing. And so she told uh, Jacob, now prepare yourself. Go and prepare a lamb. Your father wants to eat something really good so he feels good before he blesses uh, his son. And he wants to bless Esau, but I want him to bless you instead. And she said, well, get a lamb, prepare that lamb, and, and, I'll, bring, and, and I'll prepare it the way he likes it. And I'm going to send you in, and he'll bless you. Jacob said, look, mama, <laughs> Esau is a hairy man. And uh, I don't have a voice like Esau. And my father, sooner or later, we discover, because the father was blind, couldn't see. They thought, the mother thought, just to slip this boy in and get the blessing. And so Jacob said, if he discovers that I'm not Esau, instead of a blessing, I will come out with a curse. He's going to curse me. The mother said, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of that. You listen to me. And so she brought, uh, killed a, 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 a little goat, 
and put it on Jacob's arms and then put on his neck because he was smooth skinned. Jacob was afraid to go into the presence, but he had to go. Mama had said to go. And so he went in to get the blessing. Also believing if he discovers, he's going to really curse me and this is not going to be good. And so he brought the food and says, Daddy, rise up. I got what you like. The dad heard Jacob's voice, not Esau. He said, are you really my son? He said, yes, I'm your son. He said, come. I want to feel you. But one thing that um, Rebecca did, she got Esau's clothes also and put it on Jacob and put it in sent him in there. And he felt his son. He said, oh, yeah. That's, that's Esau, all right. The voice is Jacob. But he smells like Esau and feels like Esau. And he said, bring me the food. I know how he cooked. And he ate the food. And then he drew Jacob to himself and smelled him and said, Oh, he was smelling it so, but that was Jacob, okay? And he blessed him with the blessings of Abraham. Now, let me show you what's happening here. You can't go in, every time you go into God's presence, you go out with a great blessing. But you can't go on your own. You need grace to prepare you. So that you are accepted as a son. The son, his beloved, that he is going to bless. And so, Rebecca is a type of grace for all of us that prepares you to enter into his presence. That's how powerful grace is. You don't just need to change what you're doing. Grace has the power of transforming you totally to a person that is totally accepted by God. And instead of a curse, based on what you've done and all that you are, you receive a blessing from God. Can I hear an amen? That's what Jesus, in His grace, has come to do for us. Grace will protect you while others are dying. The grace of God will protect you and provide for you and care for you while others are going through a difficult time. It is the grace of God. Now, the grace of God has been defined by many as the unmerited favor of God. But I also want to let you know that the grace of God is the power of God at work inside of us. The power of transformation inside of us. Grace protects while others are being destroyed. Let me share this with you. In Genesis chapter 6, God was saying, I'm tired of the world. I'm going to destroy the world. Every living creature is going to be destroyed. Nothing is going to be left. The creeping things, everything is going to be destroyed. But then he says this. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast. Creeping things and birds 
of the air. For I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. It wasn't that Noah wasn't as bad as anybody else. It wasn't that Noah was uh, perfect or lived the righteous life. Noah was just like the rest of them. There was evil all around in the world. It's just that this man had found grace or favor in God's sight. And because of that favor, he was going to be protected. And if you go into chapter 7, God began to say, I want you to get on the ark, you and your family. When you have found favor in God's sight, it doesn't only affect you, it affects your family as well. And everyone around you. Because of that favor that you found with God. It's called grace. The grace of God. He found grace in the sight of God. And then in Genesis 7, God said to Noah, I see, I have looked at you, and I see that you are righteous. When did he become righteous? After he found grace. Look at the chapter, verse, the very first verse in chapter 7. He says, God said, I have looked at you, and I have discovered that you are righteous. What made him righteous? What made him to have a right standing before God? It was because of the grace of God upon his life. Not, not about anything that he's done. He found favor in the sight of God because of... I mean, he became righteous before God because of the grace that he found in the sight of God. So grace will transform your life. Will transform everything about you. So that your presence, in God's presence, gives God pleasure. He wants you to be there. But not only that, not only the fact that your presence in His presence gives God pleasure, you live with a blessing instead of a curse. That's how powerful grace is. Grace, the grace of God, is so powerful we need it. We need it every day of our lives. This was Paul's beloved greeting and wish for every Christian. In every letter that Paul wrote to the believers, before he goes into it, the first thing he says to them, grace and peace be to you. Because we need grace. He was his favorite greeting. We talk about grace. Grace is so powerful. Paul wished them, he, even though they have been saved, he was still speaking and invoking grace upon their lives. Every time he wrote to them. And I thought it was just Paul alone. And then I started reading from Peter. Peter did exactly the same thing. Peter went a little bit further. He will speak to them. He says, I want God's grace and peace to be multiplied to you. We need it. When grace is multiplied from God, He changes everything about us. He changes everything about your life, the way you live, the way you relate to God, the way you relate to your fellow man, the favor of God in your life and what God is, at, what, what, what God is working in your life. We need that grace. question is, I like grace. How do I get more of that? <laughs> because when God's grace is upon your life, it says of John the Baptist, he had found favor or grace in the sight of man and God. And Jesus also, grace before, for favor before God and man. He changes your person. 
He makes you different from everybody else. While everyone is dying, you're still standing. No matter what's going on, everybody can be in famine. God still takes care of those who have, who have grace in His presence. That's how powerful the grace of God is. So Paul loved to greet people there. And then when it comes to ministers of the gospel, he adds a little bit more uh, to that. And it wasn't just Paul. John, John in Second John, he did the same thing, writing to a minister. He says, grace, mercy, and peace be to you. And you can go through all the books. You'll find that in there. Grace, mercy, and peace for those that are serving God. We need that to be multiplied to us. And God wants to multiply grace upon your life. Can I hear an amen this morning? If you read in James chapter 4, verse 6, it says, But he gives more grace. Who does? God. God gives more grace. We need grace. And God is willing to give. You can leave this place today with grace upon your life. Let me say to you, may the grace of God and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be upon you this morning in Jesus' name. May the grace of God pursue you, knock you over, so you never recover all the days of your life. Amen? He says God gives more grace. God's willing to give more. You got grace today, but you need more. Don't be satisfied with the amount of grace you already have. Seek for more. He gives more grace. That's the grace that transforms your life. The grace of God will transform your life. You can't be, without, you can't be with grace and be the same person. Never. Because grace transforms people's lives. He says he gives. God gives more grace. Therefore, he says... God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. All you need to do is say, look, I don't have it. I want more. I don't have it. I want more. God, I'm struggling in this area. Could you give me, can you give me more grace? I'm trying to draw closer to you, but I'm having a hard time. Can I have more grace? Things are difficult in my home right now. I, I can barely pay my bill, God. Can I, got, can I get some grace? There's fighting in my home, my family, myself and my wife. We're not getting along. It's so difficult. Can we have some more grace here? Because grace is God's power at work in your life. Can I have more grace? I know that you can have more because God's still giving. Amen? According to the scripture, he gives more grace. You can have more if you ask for it. And we need more of it. More grace. Things can be transformed in your life. Let me say this. Grace is stronger than the commandments. Grace is more powerful than the law. The grace of God is stronger than sin. Grace is more powerful than the power of sin. And we can have grace in our lives. You see, God initially, and we we'll go back to the story of, of Isaac, 
going into his presence to receive a blessing. God knew that every one of us have sinned. But he knew unless we come into his presence, we're not blessed. Unless we're constantly welcome into his presence, his heart to be blessed. And so God was looking for a way from the beginning to look for a way to prepare us to get into his presence. And what God did was to give us the law. The law didn't do it. The law could not. You can read in Romans chapter 8. The law could not prepare us to truly get into his presence. It made things even worse for us. God wanted us close. If you read in Genesis, the reason for the ark among the children of Israel, God said, I want to live among my people. So prepare me an ark and I'm going to be among them. So, but in the ark, he lived in the Holy of Holies. Nobody can get in there. Everybody was outside. And yet God's desire has always been for you to be so close. And he'll tolerate and allow it just for him, for him to be a little close to us. He will allow all kinds of things. And so he used the law, but the law didn't do it for us. The law could not help us. And you can read that in Romans chapter 8. It says, um, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the law, but um, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did through his son that he sent. He did for us so that we can come close to him. So God brought Christ to help us to get closer to him. And he is the fullness of God's grace to prepare us to get into God's very presence. In John chapter 1, it tells us here, And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law couldn't help us. That came through Moses. But what can help us to get into God's very presence is only the grace of God. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And of his fullness, from that fullness of grace in Jesus Christ, we have now received grace upon grace. He tells us this. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. No one has been able to enter into God's presence on his own. But Jesus has come come to us with so much grace. And the grace is the grace that transforms us. Again, I want you to understand that the purpose Jesus came to make that grace available to us is to make it possible for you to draw near to God so that you can receive a blessing from Him. 
And the grace of God is what transforms our lives and brings us to that place where our life is transformed. We need transformation of our being. Not just changing what you're doing, but a transformation that comes through grace by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if your life is not transformed, there is a chance the grace of God is not at work in your life. We need this so that you can get into His presence. So in John 3 verse 3, it tells us, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot see God's kingdom unless you are born again. That's saying, not just changing what you do, but allowing the grace of God to transform you because you really cannot transform yourself. He takes God's grace, if you accept God's grace, to transform your person so that you can now get into His presence. And today, your life can be transformed. And things can change for your life if you will let the grace of God work in your life. So what we really need is a transformation. I'm going somewhere with this. If God's grace is at at work in your life, if God's grace is in you, then there must have been also a transformation of your life. If there is no transformation and you have not been born again, because when you are born again, there is a transformation. Today what we see, people go to church, but there's never been any change in their lives. God's not in their thoughts. They worship God, like Jesus said, they draw near to me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. If you have received the grace of God, it's hard to be away from His presence. You want to be in His presence. His grace in you is your life. The fact that God's not foremost in your mind is a clear indication you may not make it to heaven. God's not there. There is no way you can enter God's presence without His grace. And if God's grace is at work in your life, there's got to be a transformation. No one will enter into the kingdom unless you are born again. And only through grace you can be born again. And if your life doesn't reflect grace, then perhaps you are not. Maybe you are not born again. Today we see people doing all kinds of crazy things under grace. Two people... Or married, living together, having sex, and sometimes having children, and they believe that they're going to heaven. You've not been born again. The fact that you can even engage in things like that and continue to be that way, and it doesn't bother you, he tells you the grace of God's not there. It's not a thing to condemn you, but it's something for you to realize, I need God's grace. You can be changed. God can transform your life. If you will only ask God to do that for you. 
All is God, Jesus was clear. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. When God presents his grace in your life, he's preparing you to come into his presence. So that when you come into his presence, you are not only welcome, your presence not only gives him pleasure, but you live with a blessing. And what do you live with? With the blessing of Abraham upon your life. And it goes from generation to generation. So if there is not a transformation, you are not really going into his presence. Look at what he says in Ezekiel 36. He says, I will give you a new heart. What does that mean? Without a new heart, you can't find his presence. And grace will make that available for you. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. Did God mean what he's saying? Exactly, he meant what he's saying. When God has given you a new heart and a new spirit, it's evident your friends will see it. Your family members will notice. A man said, I was reading a book, the man said, I want to live by this new love of Jesus that I'm reading about. This new kind of love. He wasn't a bad man. (laughs) I mean, he was okay with his children. And at work, both at work and at home, his children finally walked up to him and said, Daddy, what's come over you? You're different. Something is different. And at work the same. If you have been born again, the Bible says, if a man is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In other words, the grace of God is at work in your life. People can see it. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. You can't hide it. People can tell you're different. And if there's never been a time in your life where people notice a major change, then you really need the grace of God. And I'm saying to you this morning, the grace of God is available for you. God says, I will give you a new heart. He means it. Jesus is like Rebecca. The grace of God. He's prepared the way for you. God cannot say no if you want it. Because his son died for it. God cannot say no. If you say, God, I want that transformation. He's going to give it to you. But you have to want it. He gives more grace. That means I can have it if I want it. God's not going to force it on you. But God's grace can be multiplied upon your life today to make a difference. In your life, now and for the future. I will give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit within you. I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you. And he says, I will, what? Cause you. The spirit of grace at work. I will cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and you'll do them. You just want to do it. Amen? You just want to do it. When God's grace is at work in your life, you just want to do it. You enjoy doing it. Because that's who you are now. (laughs) Amen? You are a new creature. What you used to love, now you hate. 
And this church thing that you never like, now that's where you're going all the time. And people are accusing you. Is this the way you have fun going to church? That's the way you have fun. People who want to have fun, they go to clubs. You, you go to church. I had somebody accuse me of that before. I thought that was a strange accusation. He was mad at me. But that's what grace does for you. It enables you. He empowers you to live a life that is pleasing to God. He tells us, for by grace are you saved through faith. For by grace are you what? Delivered through faith. And that, that's not from you. He came from the Father. He's not walking it. I don't walk in it, you know, it's like I've got to have some credits to this. No, all you have to do, Jesus finished the work on the cross. He did everything for us on the cross. And you are totally welcome. If you want, you are totally welcome. God will accept you. No matter what you've done, God will accept you. He'll take you and then he will transform your life and change your life. God will do that for us. It's not, by, it's not what you've done. Is God's ability in you. Paul said this. I am who I am by the grace of God. I am who I am by the grace of God. Notice something. I'm going to read this scripture. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. But by the grace of God I am who what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. You notice what it says? The grace was not in vain. That means you can allow God's grace at work and it can be in vain in your life. But it says it was not in vain. Why? I labored. Amen? I labored more abundantly because of the grace. When God's grace is there in your life, He gives you the power to live for Him. Amen? And God wants to make that grace available for us this morning. Every one of us. You need God's grace. I need God's grace in my life. Don't listen to people that are not living for God and claim that they have grace in their life. That's not God's grace. To them, they are doing what I call uh, sinning before God as if it's a license that they have from grace to do so. We cannot live that way. If you have the grace of God in your life, you just cannot. We have to live for God. And God's grace has appeared to everyone, telling us we must deny unrighteousness, ungodliness. We must live soberly. We must live godly and righteously. First, in this present age, we must do that. And God's calling us this morning to give us grace. Amen? Bow your heads with me this morning. He gives more grace. Grace is stronger than the law. More powerful than the law. This morning, I want to let you know that God loves you. He cares so much for you. He doesn't want you to perish. He wants you to have eternal life. 
God can transform your life this morning. All you need to do is to yield to grace this morning. All you have to do is say, God, I want that grace, the grace of God in our Lord Jesus Christ. I want that grace in my life. If you're here this morning and you're wondering whether or not the grace of God is at work in your life, you can have that today by just indicating that you want it. How many want God's grace in your life this morning? Can I see your hand up? You want God's grace to be at work in your life today. For some of us, we have to make the first decision for Christ. Who we stand with the Lord today. With many of us made that decision But if you've never made the decision to stand with Christ, would you please make that decision this morning that you will be on Jesus' side, the side of the Son of God, by receiving Him into your life. At the count of three, if that's you, you want to make a decision or you want to recommit your life to Christ, if that's you this morning, at the count of three, would you please put up your hand? One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Would you all pray with me, especially those that lift up your your hands and those that need more grace after we've received our offering. The prayer partners will be out here. And if you need somebody to agree with you, for God's grace to be multiplied in your life. Maybe there's, uh, there's trouble in your life. Something's happened to you. You need help. Come and let God's grace be at work. The Bible tells us, I believe it's in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Come boldly to the throne of grace. That you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Grace will help. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for offering yourself on the cross for my sins. Lord, I confess my sins to you. Lord God, I ask you to forgive me my sins and come into my life. Take over my life. Fill me with your grace and enable me to live a life that is pleasing to you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we put our hands together before God? Thank you. If you said that prayer today and you meant it from your heart, And this is the first time you're saying a prayer like that to God. I want to let you know He heard you. And right now, your name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You are a child of God. You are a Christian. You are a believer. A believer means you continue to believe. Amen? So, what you need to do is, on the uh, lower part of your connection card, Please let me know what your decision is today. What it says here is my decision today. I am committing my life to Christ. 
That's one. I am renewing my commitment to Christ. You can also let me know if you want to get baptized. We'll be doing that. I think it's next Sunday we're doing baptism. If you want to get baptized, it's very important. If you receive Christ, get baptized. Even if you made a decision today, this is your decision today, you can actually join and you will be baptized next Sunday. Just sign up up front there. And then you can also say, I, wanted, I would like to talk to somebody about ministry in the church. You can put that here and put that in the offering bucket. Amen. I'd like to know what your decision is. If you have prayer needs, please write them out. And I want to have them so I can pray over them. Amen. It's time for our offering. Can I do this? It's time to give. Amen. Thank you, Lord. It's a privilege to give to our God. We all come ready to support God's work in the earth. It's a joy to give to God. The Bible says, bring an offering. If I didn't have a job, you know what I'd do? I'll sow. Amen? And I'll say, God, because the Bible is clear. What you sow is what you reap. You say, God, here is my seed. I need my job. And then give something to God and watch what God will do. That's how you get a testimony. Amen? You do something in faith, believe God. And God gives you a testimony because he'll make his word good in your life. Amen. ready to give let's lift our offering up to God today Father we want to thank you for the privilege 